0: Back on the yeah. I got sun
1: on. Hello and welcome to Rooftop, the UK's only dedicated roofing podcast brought to you by NFRC. I'm Phil Campbell.
2: And I'm Pip Applegate.
1: In this podcast, we interview industry figures, thought leaders and technical experts to make sure you are leading a roofing excellence.
2: In this episode, we're very pleased to be interviewing Lee Jones, Head of Manufacturer Solutions at the NBS. Day-to-day, Lee assists businesses in their adoption of digital technologies within the construction sector.
1: Prior to joining the NBS, Lee served over 20 years in the construction product manufacturing sector, working internationally for many well-known large companies and also SMEs. Lee is an MSc-qualified architectural technologist with a specialism in sustainable architecture and is currently studying towards a PhD in engineering and construction, focusing on fire safety and design. Lee has a wealth of knowledge and experience to share both professionally and academically. So welcome to the podcast, Lee. Um, Today we're going to be talking about um, digital and what that means for both roofing contractors and roofing manufacturers. So, in everyday aspects of all of our lives, digital is an expectation from speaking to family and friends uh, to looking for a new car or even ordering a takeaway. Many other industries are well advanced in digital technology and processes, but what about the construction industry?
0: Uh, I feel, yeah, it's a good question. So, the construction industry itself historically has, has been very, very slow to adopt change. Uh, there's some statistics that, that we've used at MBS quite often that came from McKinsey and company on just that subject um, and it was quite stark to realise that the construction industry is only third behind fishing and shooting and digital adoption. Um, we've obviously been making headway as an industry um, for the sort of the past 10 years really now. Obviously the internet etc um, is sort of day-to-day where people are going to research things um, but with the introduction of things like BIM so when the government mandated that back in 2016 for public funded projects so anything the taxpayer picks the bill up for you, schools prisons hospitals etc um, it actually had that knock-on effect that it started to feed and, and drip down into other projects to the point where now it, it's sort of become the norm we've got a long way to go um, there's obviously a lot of other things that are going on in, in relation to digital adoption um, from sustainability impacts the digital twins for example i know that there was an article in the news um this week where rolls-royce were talking about they were using this to better improve services through their airlines um and it just goes to show that the technology is there but we just need to, to grasp this now obviously projects whether it's a a, a Building as a an actual house or something, or a high rise residential, whether it's a bridge, these ten things tend to be bespoke time and time again, which I think has been a barrier. Uh, but a lot of it is people just being set in the ways. Um, with MBS, obviously we're we're a digital company. We we provide cloud based solutions for people to either write specifications or or market construction um, products and, and materials. Um, and we are seeing this adoption to get more improved on a, on a day-to-day basis but I think the biggest impact that's happened recently has been the pandemic. Um, obviously back in February last year there was the talk of the the virus going around and people were wondering is it going to impact us etc and then a month later everybody was forced to work from home. The only way that was possible was, was through the internet um, and we've seen some absolutely dramatic changes in how people behaving how they're working um and i think it's it's just gone to accelerate what what's been going on but the industry itself yeah, we've still got a long way to go but it isn't by all means bad news we we're definitely making headway with with a lot of information um that's going on there
1: i
2: was gonna say you mentioned obviously the pandemic and, and digital is obviously on the rise um do you think that the, the pandemic itself has actually impacted that digital adoption process within the, the industry is it in a positive way
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you've only got to look at how people are working at the moment. Are they working from home remotely still Mm. as the blending arrangements, I think, with the construction sector still carrying on? Um, not as though nothing was going on around them, but obviously the government had, had pushed that the construction sector needed to remain open, one for productivity, but obviously to meet things like the housing demand and, and so forth. Um, even something as simple as using Microsoft Teams or Zoom for, for people's general meetings was was a digital adoption that mm. might not have necessarily been there before. Um, information being shared, research, it, it's all just been accelerated. And yeah, the pandemic has been a bit of a benefit really in that respect.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. and so in in terms of MBS in particular what's been your experience of digital adoption over the last few years so we we were seeing
0: things rise Um, we do something called the national BIM report um, which we've done for the past 10 years now Um, and we've been monitoring digital adoption through that Um, building information modeling itself obviously is a process it's not people sometimes get misconstrued with something like rabbit or archicad which is a just a tool within that process um Mm. and i think the last report it was around 70 percent adoption rate for the industry so digitalization in that sense from a project information sharing point of view um was becoming the norm but now the way people are meeting they're discussing they're researching um is is going even more so i think cloud-based technology so our product mbs chorus which is a specification writing tool which mm-hmm. is effectively the latest iteration of what the mbs spec binder started off with back in 1973 yeah. um it's all based on the internet now when the designers themselves were forced to work remotely people would have had powerful desktop machines in their offices mm-hmm. they were then forced to be at home maybe working from their child's laptop or on an <laughs> ipad or something you you'd never know what everybody's yeah. situation was
1: different. Mm-hmm.
0: and um we actually had over a thousand percent uptake in the use of chorus. We still had yeah. a, a downloadable desktop tool at the time, mm-hmm. um, which has since been retired because I think there was literally a handful of people left using it at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the cloud cloud has come to to the forefront and it's something that we we've been monitoring. Obviously a lot of people are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely, definitely going in the right direction.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, there are obviously a lot of changes impacting project requirements. Um, what would you say the, the clear headlines impacting the change are at the moment?
0: Two. There's two of them. Um, they're very, very clear. And if, if anybody's watches the news um, whether you're in the construction sector or not it's safety and sustainability Um, obviously building safety following um, the Grenfell tragedy and all the other fires that we've had in the industry the Scottish school fires we've recently seen one in Madrid I think it was this week Um, all around the world obviously making sure that buildings are designed and built correctly using the right materials that the specifications are followed through um, and that Things like value engineering aren't impacting the actual makeup of these things. Um, That's probably the big one. Digital, obviously, is a saviour there. And if we look at the the draft safety bill, um, obviously, that's going through Parliament and should become the Act, building safety act next year. Um, Part of that is asking for the golden thread of information. So Judith Hackett's um, request for this digital thread of information. And the whole reason behind that is to make the building safer. And it's all done through a digital technique where... Product information goes down to asset level. Everything's vetted who made what decision when. Um, and then obviously that falls in with the stage gates that have been introduced. So the first stage gates now legal requirement for high-risk buildings. Um, so anything that's high-rise predominantly, but it, it's going to be expanded. You're looking at things like um, care homes, hospitals, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to submit the planning um, request for permission with, with the fire statement now. Um stage two and three I think are coming either towards the end of this year or the beginning of next year. Um, I know there's obviously been delays again because of the pandemic with things, um, but stage two will see the um, specification information and decision trail being validated against the, the designs and making sure that that's all accurate before it can progress to construction. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the end of the construction stage, stage three will have the same thing, but for the as-built information before it can be actually passed over to the client for the in-use phase of the project. Um, so yeah, digital information is is impacting that. That's from a safety point of view. But I think arguably the the number one scenario that we need to resolve as a a species is is sustainability. Um, Mm. And again, the only way we're going to facilitate that and and make the industry better is is through digital information. Um, So I think it's it's around 40 percent of global carbon emissions result from the built environment. Um, Obviously, that's not all construction. It's living in buildings, using offices and things day to day. But um, Mm -hmm. the construction sector has got a lot to stand up to and a lot to resolve. Um, And the way we can do this is obviously to build better refurb Um, But whilst we're doing that, factor in the environmental requirements there, so things like passive measures, making sure we're getting the buildings designed correctly, and it's digital software that can map out even where the sun's going to be in correlation to Mm. where a building's situated geographically, Mm. right through to... If it's a roof, um, what's the U-value of the insulation, et cetera, mm-hmm. what are the sound properties and things for mm. thermal comfort and, and um, sound comfort? Um, it all goes down to product information. Now, if, if the people that make these materials, products, systems, whatever they, they're being procured as, don't convey this correctly, it makes the specifier's choice or the procurement person's choice that much more difficult to do. And mm. then obviously it has that knock-on effect to how the building performs. Um, but yeah, mm. digital digital's the thing that's going to address that. And those are definitely the two big ones, mm. I think, from, from my point of view.
1: So just going in a bit more detail on the building safety side uh, in the first instance. So there's a lot of talk about the golden thread, and it seems to be a buzzword at the moment. Can you just go into a bit more detail what that actually means? And for our members in particular, what kind of changes can they expect to see over the coming years?
0: Yeah, sure. So um, I mean, I think the first thing to cover is if, if anybody does want to read up a bit more on, on what the golden thread is, there's a golden mm. thread working group. Um, so you, you can actually go onto, onto the internet and, and have a look under that. We've got some of my colleagues who are actually on the representative um, bodies for that. Um, so helping mm-hmm. the, the digital side of things. Um, but effectively, what the golden thread is, is a audit trail of information. So this will start right through from the beginning of a project through to its in use and ultimately demolition phase. Now, I think one of the things that's been highlighted previously um, was some of the things that have happened in the industry is that, one, people haven't known what's in buildings once they were completed and they're being used as for their purpose. Um, and then if anything happens, looking back as to what was actually in it, what could be the potential risks from that? How do we replace things? Who mm. made the decision? Um, mm. It's difficult. difficulty. So the golden thread is designed to alleviate that problem. So it will focus on the specification, it'll focus on the design, it'll focus on the procurement routes, it'll focus on the installation. The validation of everything will be marked through those stage gates that I mentioned earlier, but all of that information needs to be captured in a digital audit trail that will be held centrally, that anybody, whether it's local fire services or whether it's the client that actually owns the building, can then get access to and can actually interrogate that information down to asset level to be sure yeah. that they know exactly what's what's in the building um i think looking at a, a retrofit type of thing and, and this is maybe not something that's fully applicable to roofing but it would be if the roof ever needed to be replaced in a building if you take something as simple as a fire door um mm. if somebody needs to replace like for light later down the line you might have had a an accident and the hinges got damaged or something like that is knowing mm. what the rating was who'd provided it yeah etc making sure that it's all correct so the golden threads aiming to to just give that clarity um through Mm. through a digital audit trail
2: um so you mentioned obviously as sort of a clear headline that was impacting change the the safety bill and we talked about it kind of briefly being obviously primarily aimed at buildings of high risk but how would that actually or will it impact um those projects that aren't considered high risk because obviously there's a lot out there
0: Yeah, so for obviously for buildings that, that aren't high risk, that there's going to be less, I think, focus on ensuring that these different types of things are met as they will be with a high-risk building. Um, however, there's a lot of issues revolving around liability. Um, obviously, we, we've read about people having insurance issues, et cetera, within buildings. Um, and ultimately, I think what's been highlighted is that People have cut corners um, Mm. and to avoid that happening in the future, there's going to be and hopefully um, people wanting to do the best job that that they can. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're going to see a similar scenario, I think, where this is going to be filtered down to to the smaller, smaller jobs as well. It's similar to the the, going back to the BIM thing back in 2016. It was for public funded projects. um, Yes. People aren't gonna run two different processes within their business because it's just not cost effective to do that. And um, I think what we'll find is as people better themselves on one, the knowledge or how they go about doing things that's gonna be taken on board, it'll be carried through pretty much most projects. Yes, they might not need that validation through those safety gates um, in line with the, the Building Safety Act when it's launched, um, but it is gonna make sure that I think that people are gonna not want to be um, fearing any repercussions, they're going to make sure Mm. that buildings are as safe as they possibly can be.
2: Yeah.
1: So um, obviously we've got um, COP26 coming up later this year in Glasgow, and that's really focusing minds at the moment on sustainability and and net zero. And just our last podcast episode was on net zero, and we were looking at how the roofing industry can, can do its part to, as, uh, to reach net zero by 2050. Um, just in terms of digital, then, how can digital help with, with that, not just on net zero, but broadly in sustainability?
0: So, yeah, the, I think there's, there's two... Um, possibly three really sort of key angles there that you can look at. One is obviously how our, our products, materials are produced and installed, um, mm-hmm. making sure that the businesses are, are doing that as, as sustainably as possible. So lowering the carbon footprint, making sure that the way things are, are, are bought, procured, Um, or as sustainable as possible. Now, that could be using materials if you were a manufacturer that are more viable, making sure that your production process is as low energy or as low energy consumption as possible. And if you're the contractor, sourcing locally is a big one. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you've got a product that's the most green product in the world, but then you've shipped it from (laughs) China to Manchester, it's got that embodied carbon from just being transported. So there's Mm -hmm. a load of things that you can do there. And obviously, information is the key thing that you can keep a trail of and you can you can monitor it through that. Um, whether you're just keeping a, a small table in Excel, you might be a, a small contractor that, that's just keeping a tab on things, um, mm-hmm. or whether you've got a full CAFM system or procurement um, audit system that, that you could utilize to, to measure this information. And in. um, I think the next thing is, is marketing. So from a digital perspective, marketing is, is one of the, the big things I think that people are maybe missing the boat with a little bit when it comes to sustainability. Um, read articles about people greenwashing and the need for mm. eco labels and I know the um, the Cma have been been looking into this and trying to get a new regulation push forward to to limit how people can, can monitor things sustainably um, but capturing all of that information if you're doing something positive to impact the environment in a good way talk about it make sure mm. that it's it's communicate through your websites yeah. whether it's a third- party site like MBS um, just convey it your clients or the people that need to interact with your information are going to want to know about this. Um, looking at the design side of things in particular, um, obviously the the RIBA, we as MBS represents around 4,000 architects practices, I think, that, that use our software. Um, They've been pushed through the 2030 climate challenge to actually reduce the carbon footprint of the construction mm-hmm. sector through the design process and tendering, um, and they're asking for this information, um, whether it's embodied carbon in a product or whether it's um, what the the location is of where the materials being sourced from or how it's being made and installed. Um, even site work. I mean, JCB, not far from where I live. Um, I know they've started procure, um, sort of producing EV. Um, off-highway equipment now. Um, there's a load of different things people can do, but if you're doing a positive thing, mention it. Go through your social channels, go through your website, and, and get mm. that there. And I mm. think then the last thing, obviously, is is to um, measure and report. So um, it's something MBS have, have have been doing. We've actively measured our um, operational carbon emissions over the last two years, and we're going to continue mm. to do this. We've we've actually signed up to the UN climate neutral now pledge which any business can do free it just Mm. means you have to then make the measurements and you have to commit to reducing for the aim to be net zero now the only way you're going to do that is again through through digital techniques so again Mm. it could be something as simple as a little excel spreadsheet where you can keep a track of everything that you've got um or you can go through and actually have something built where people could could calculate things and, and monitor it moving forward but um, it's all data, everything that mm. we're doing as data and digital, whether it comes to marketing, manufacture, installation, or whether it's um, you actually doing calculations. It's, it's make sure that you've got somebody that knows what they're doing, is passionate about doing it um, and give them the time to to do it. It's, it's the only way you're going to make a benefit, mm. really.
2: Um, now you mentioned your fantastic audience base, your sort of you know four thousand plus architects. Um, what sort of insight have you gleaned from them as to how the specification process has been impacted by all of this?
0: Um, well, firstly, I think going back fr- from a digital approach, um, we were constantly evolving the products. Mm. Um, it, it went from a, a binder to a floppy disk to a CD-ROM downloadable software. We launched Chorus uh, just over two years ago now, and the uptake of that was very rapid. It, it was on mm-hmm. the rise. Um, but then, as I mentioned, when the pandemic started and everybody was forced to work from home, it became a savior, I think, mm-hmm. because it's cloud based. There's nothing to download, so there's no IT headaches. Anybody could work on any device with an internet connection, regardless of where they were. Um, so we had, it was over a thousand percent uptake on that um to the point where now it's the only specs solution we've got so if somebody's writing a building specification in the uk now um the likelihood is they'll be using mbs chorus if they are not, they'll be using word and generating their own which comes with its own headaches um, but yeah that's there the the design side of things um The adoption of tools such as Revit, Archicad, Vectorworks um, is absolutely huge to the point Mm -hmm. where it's now the norm. Um, Mm -hmm. What we've had to do as part of Parcelis is is build in plugins for these softwares as well. So whilst people are designing, um, they need to be making these decisions at the same time. So to avoid a a disjointed approach, um, you can actually write a specification whilst you're in the BIM software so you could be designing the building adding the components into the spec and it's all synced together um which is an absolutely great thing to do and then going back to that audit trail where the spec and the the model needs to tie in it certainly helps there um but yeah when we sort of speak to most of the specifiers and the designers that they're looking for product information they're Mm -hmm. looking for information on who's going to be doing what works online um whether we see a a blended approach to work moving forward I know there's a lot of up in the air and everybody has the, their own opinion on this but the majority of people are still working remotely most of the time mm-hmm. now if this is fitting around family time it might be that it could be eight o'clock at night when this person decides yeah I'm going to finish up writing this <laughs> part of the specification um, yeah. they're not going to want to be ringing show down the yeah. <laughs> local builders merchants at that particular point <laughs> to find out some information um yeah. they just the phone would just ring out so they're going to go online they're going to look for it and they're going to want that information there uh, mm. the safety information third-party certification to back things up like that to, to mm-hmm. show that you're not just um, making false claims um but obviously that sustainability criteria as well so embodied carbon Water consumption. If it's got any third-party certificates like FSC, um, I know that goes a lot in, in sort of the timber joists and things when we when we're talking roofing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that that information's there and, and it can be utilised at a time when they need it.
1: Yeah, this is really fascinating, isn't it? the direction of travel, everything's going. Um, mm-hmm. It's all coming together. But any just in terms of the procurement process, how do you think that's going to be impacted by digital? Um,
0: whether we'll see the sort of the likes of an e commerce type thing along the lines of Amazon, I think, is yet to be seen. Obviously, the, the government launched the construction playbook, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's focusing heavily on, on procurement and digital is an absolute fundamental part of that. It's making sure that information's captured, it's fair, um, it, it's validated, and then it can obviously be passed on, and information's there. People know who's responsible. Um, for what elements. I think one of the issues we've had as an industry is liability where somebody will get something and then the book gets passed down the chain until it mm. reaches the sort of stopping point, which could be the small contractor, mm-hmm. is making sure that that can be communicated through effectively and that, that people are aware of everything that they're doing. And again, the digital audit trails, the, the fundamental thing there and making sure that that works. Mm. So,
2: for um, our audience listening today, um, we've got obviously a mixture of contractors and manufacturers. Some yep. might be very familiar with the whole process of digitization, others might not be. So, anybody that's sort of new to it, um, what advice would you give them to sort of get started, to get underway?
0: To get started with digital, um, I think the first thing would be is, is listen to your customers, maybe ask them what what they are looking for, um, just mm-hmm. so you know, there's there's no point guessing. Um, speak to um, people that are within your your realm. So, obviously yourselves, um, I would expect would be able to give some good advice to, to the to the um, members there. Mm-hmm. But people like MBS, um, I mean, we as a business have got probably. 50 or so ex-architects, contractors, engineers, et cetera. We've got digital specialists, and and it's what we do day to day. Digital is our bread and butter. Um, So speak to us. I mean, obviously, there is an element of commercialization in in what we do, but... Mm -hmm as regards to advice, there's an absolute plethora of stuff online. um, And it's people like us are more than happy to to talk you through um, where you can get started. Um, Just a note on that as well, if if anybody wanted to visit the mbs.com, we've got an absolute abundance of knowledge articles, webinars that have been massively successful over the past few years um, that cover these these types of subjects as well. So maybe just put an hour or two, a week aside and and sit and listen and and see what you can pick up on
1: and, and fill in the blanks as you go along (laughs)
2: good
0: stuff
1: yeah and I was just going to build on that because as you know the NFRC and MBS signed a partnership agreement earlier this year Um, so could you just give a little bit more information about you know what our supply members can get from that partnership and and where they can go for for more information yeah
0: sure so um, the partnership is is something that that was set up earlier this year as as you mentioned Um, now the thing here is to I think actively Promote awareness of what's going on in the industry and things like this podcast, where we're going to be um, discussing changes. One thing that that we do, whether it's it's yourselves or, or us, is we've always got that eye on the apex, we're looking at what's coming, what's coming mm-hmm. around the corner, um, mm. and the members can then obviously approach us to to get this information. Um, if it is that anybody wants to look at how they can improve opportunities through specification obviously they can drop mbs a line um, we'd, we'd be more than happy to to talk through that with anybody but yeah i think that the advice there really from people that are at the call face knowing what's going on and we're obviously involved with relevant organizations different trade bodies um different standards authorities, et cetera. So what's coming around the corner um, is something that we've obviously got to keep an eye on. When we're making a a product such as a specification routing software, part of that is that it keeps the specifier up to date with the standards, norms, requirements for different things. Um, We as a business have to keep on top of that massively. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can always feed that knowledge back down to yourself. So it's helping you to keep up to date and, and mm. be a better be a better business, really. Um, mm. And I think that's what the whole partnership was about: is knowledge sharing and, and making yeah. sure that we're making the industry better together. Yeah, absolutely.
2: absolutely.
1: Mm. Good. Well, you know, I'm just really thinking about you know, all the different themes that we're seeing as a roofing industry coming forward. It's like sustainability, building safety. Yeah, all of that is just linked through digital, isn't it? And it really is an enabler, I think. But finding solutions to a lot of the problems we're seeing currently. So it's a, a massive issue and it's been a really interesting discussion. And I, I really encourage listeners to, to get in contact with us. And if you want to explore any of these topics further, um, then do let us know. And Steve Lawrence, uh, he's our supplier member account manager. So if you're a supplier member listening, get in contact with Steve, talk about the partnership with MBS and see how we can make the most of that, of that partnership and, and really utilize the resources that are on the MBS portal. Um, So Lee, thank you very much for your time. It's it's been a great discussion and uh, we look forward to working with MBS um, in the years to come. It's been a
0: pleasure. Thanks very much, Phil.
1: Thank you. Thanks. So that's it for this episode of Rooftop. Top. Thank you to Lee for being our special guest. I hope that you have enjoyed listening today. Please do share with your friends and colleagues via social media and we hope you tune in to the next episode. So it's goodbye from me.
2: And it's goodbye from me.